Most religions share a belief that the body and spirit coexist until the body has perished and the spirit moves on into the afterlife. However, there are those that remain. Some stay with a purpose. Some are doomed to relive their own violent deaths. These spirits are one of the oldest aspects associated with Halloween. For generations to come, people will still gather around the campfire to tell the stories of ghosts. Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we go on a witch-ghost-zombie hunt with Paranorman. So, Stephanie. Yes. Have you seen Paranorman before we watched it for the podcast? I thought I hadn't, but then I realized I had. What made you realize? is like, Was it right at the beginning, or you're like, this seems oddly familiar? Like, partway through, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The first half, you're just like, um, that, no, I've never seen this before. And then, what made you remember? Honestly, like, the plot, I was like, oh, I see where we're going. Like, I know what happens. But I think it's because I saw Frank and Weenie not too long before in that case when i first saw it mm-hmm. so then they kind of got meshed together and i was like mm, i don't remember either of them very well i've never seen frank and weenie i have seen paranorman but i've never seen frank and weenie are they similar e- no yes no obviously one has dead dog other does not dead dog dead dog is frank and weenie the dog yes that's sad yeah because he's because he's a franken is he a wiener dog? Wiener dog, yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I had no idea. But it's odd. Just what I remember of it, they use cat shit to tell fortunes or something. They use what? Cat shit. What's cat shit? Cat shit? Cat shit. Sorry. I thought you said catch it, like catch, like a ball. No, cat it. shit, like in a litter box. <laughs> cat poopies. Yes. Oh my god. Um, and Frankie and Weenie? Yeah. That's bizarre. Well, good thing we're covering Paranorman. Yeah. And not Frank and Weenie. Oh my god. Do you like Frank and, or not Frank and Weenie? Do you like Paranorman? It's very forgettable. It is. I saw Paranorman in theaters when it came out, and like as I'm walking out, I think I just completely forgot the movie. And it was very upsetting, because I'm a huge Coraline fan, and yeah. it's the same studio. Right. And I was like, hmm, this wasn't as good. No. Spoilers, not as good. But I mean, I will say, so I only saw that one time, and I rewatched it. I will say I had fun with it, but again, it was like... Okay. It's fine. It did the thing. Yeah. It was fine. The jokes are forgettable. The storyline, also forgettable. Forgettable. The jokes, they were pushing the PG rating. I was like, For some sure. of this stuff was, like, I don't think you could do it. Okay, so it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. So not too, too long ago, but I feel like you wouldn't see some of the jokes. Yeah. Like, the edginess. The edginess <laughs> for a kid's movie. Like, this, I feel like... Halfway through, I checked it to see if it was PG-13, and it is not. It is a PG movie. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember some, like, I don't remember all the jokes, but some of them I know I was like, huh? Yeah. What? Mostly calling the kid fat and stuff. Yeah. I was like, ooh. That's upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) It's not nice. I mean, to be fair, it is realistic bullying depiction. Right. However, I don't know if we necessarily have to be showing that all the time. Yeah. They say it multiple times. Like, it's not like a one-off thing. 
Oh, the one thing that I could think of that I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate, was the kissing of the ghost dog's butthole. They make a reference to that, yeah. Yeah, that, and they swear several times. It's like damn in hell, which isn't like... Awful. Awful, but multiple times throughout, it's like, oh. Enough to like be like, is this really a child-friendly thing? I don't know. I think your kid will be fine, and I think a lot of it will go over their head, to be honest. But and then they'll forget, so... It's... They'll forget, because <laughs> it is a... Yeah, it's a fairly forgettable movie, but... Yeah. Although, I will say the animation is pretty impressive. No, It I, looks I... nice, but it's just like... Yeah. Bleh. 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 So, would you like to explain the background for Paranorman? No. No? Just kidding, yes. <laughs> okay. Paranorman is a 2012 American stop-motion animated comedy horror film directed by Sam Fell and Chris Butler, and it was written by Butler. It was produced by Leica, who I think did... Coraline? Coraline, yes. Oh, okay. And it is the first stop motion to use 3D color printer to create character faces, and only the second to be shot in 3D. And I saw it in 3D, and I forgot about that. Again. It was 3D? It was 3D. It must have been at the time where everything was coming out, and you had a 3D option for everything. (laughs) I know, it was like during that... uh, What was it? What was that really big movie? Avatar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything was 3D. That movie is such an anomaly. So strange. But yeah, everything was 3D for the longest time. So in the film, Norman, a young boy who can communicate with ghosts, is given the task of ending a 300-year-old witch's curse on his Massachusetts town. Paranorman was officially released on August 17th of 2012 by Focus Features. It received generally positive reviews from critics who praised its animation and humor and was a modest box office success, earning $107 million worldwide against its budget of $60 million. Which is, again, I think I feel like mixed reviews would have made more sense to yeah, me. Yeah, honestly, like, I think I might have remembered seeing a preview for it. Like, I didn't see it in theaters. I saw oh, it, like, years after it came out. So it just kind of was like a blip on the radar, and then it just... Faded away. Yeah. <laughs> I was so hyped for this movie, and then just was a letdown. The film was nominated for that year's Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, but lost to Pixar's Brave. Brave is good. You like Brave? Yeah. Better than Paranormal? Yeah. Paranormal. I keep saying Paranormal. Paranormal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a more interesting story, honestly. That's fair. Turning into a bear. She turned into a bear, right? Her mother does. She does not. No. Brothers? Yes. Little bear, little bear babies. They're little they bear babies. Cute. Yes. Let's talk about Brave instead. Yes. Are there ghosts in that? There's wisp things, isn't there? Mm. Am I making this up? I don't know. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> We're not doing Brave. <laughs> the idea of the film came from Chris Butler, who, realizing that zombie films often contain a degree of social commentary, thought making such a movie for kids could help express the challenges kids face growing up. I guess I could see that with how they wrote it. Yeah. No. No, no, and yeah, it's like more of a zombie movie. Yeah. Let's just say that off the bat. There's right. more zombies than there are ghosts in this movie. So. Yes. And it, witches, yeah. more witches and zombies. Though. The witch is dead. <laughs> so, you know, we could go either way I, with that. Yeah, I guess. She's a hybrid. It, we could have gone probably zombie or curse. Yes. Witch, ghost, maybe bottom. <laughs> so, yeah. Here we are. Do you want to tell us? The plot of Paranorman? Sure, let's jump into it. In a fictional town in Massachusetts, an 11-year-old named Norman Babcock is isolated from his family and peers because no one believes that he can talk to the dead, including his late grandmother. A classmate named Neil, who is teased for his weight, ends up befriending Norman after he helps him connect with his deceased dog. 
We'll exclude the ass licking joke. No, we gotta talk about that. No, it's kidding. <laughs> that part was so sad. Yeah. It was sweet though. It was. I, I actually. Neil confuses me because he's annoying, but I also really like that character. Uh, yeah, I do too. He's kind of like the bumbling idiot, but also very endearing. Yeah. And he's like trying to play with his dead dog. And r- r- remind me, Norman, did he, he actually saw the dog, right? Yeah. 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 So what's unsettling about the spirits, though, is like if they died in a horrific way, they look the way they did. They so, stay that way. Yeah. So his dog is like split in half. Yeah. Or not in half, but stretched out like because yeah. he was ran over that's sad it that's was. upsetting yeah and they're everywhere too you see norman walking down the street and there are dozens and dozens of ghosts and they look like kind of transparent greenish yeah like which is weird because you see his grandma at the very beginning who is dead but she looks more she looks solid normal. real yeah i was like all right i know they were trying to like be like surprise she's dead and he's <laughs> talking to his dead grandma but i'm like that is inconsistent yes I also think it's because she didn't die in a horrific way. She probably just died in her sleep or something like that. So you're just not see-through if you die normal? I guess. Quote, unquote, what's normal? What's a normal death? Just never waking up? <laughs> I, I mean, guess. If you just... if you Uneventful. Uneventful. I hope I die uneventfully so I'm not <laughs> green and transparent. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be normal. Same. <laughs> I will say that the green and transparent... I understand that it was uh, critically acclaimed, I guess, for its animation and everything. Everything looks so dingy. Yes. Dirty. Like I feel like what would have been better is if they made the town all bright looking and happy, and then the ghost against that would have been a good juxtaposition, yeah. but everything just looks dead. Yes. Like the town, the sky's always gray, the town was like dilapidated. And the people have like weird proportions as well they do like very noticeably so yeah like i don't remember i i I swear i'm not going to keep comparing this to Coraline, but i might i don't remember Coraline being that bad or that noticeable at least like i noticed every single character i'm like you look weird yeah did you Coraline had a nice balance though because since when we're in the other world it's much more bright and vivid but even when you're in the darker elements of Coraline, when like in her day-to-day life i felt like it just kind of looked dreary, which is what Coraline's experiencing. Yeah. But in Paranorman, it's not in that way. And it's not even dreary like an overcast. It's just everything is dirty looking. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes you feel icky. Although I will say it does, I don't want to say it gives it a nice aesthetic because nice isn't the word, but it gives the whole movie a connecting aesthetic to yeah. me, like a vibe. Yeah. So they're going for something. <laughs> yeah, I personally would have done it like I said, where everything looks a little bit brighter and cheerier, and then Norman is in his own little ghost world, and then it really hammers home that he's in that alone. So. Yeah, that's just me. So after rehearsal for the school play commemorating the town's execution of a witch three hundred years ago, Norman and Neil are approached by Norman's estranged uncle, Mister Pendergast, who tells him that Norman will soon need to take over protecting the town from the witch's curse. The boys don't take him seriously, though, and he promptly dies of a heart attack in the next scene. Uh, yeah, he comes up to them, and they mention his crazy uncle earlier on. Mm-hmm. So I think you assume, like, I assumed it was him, but they, yeah. But at the end of the scene, he's like, yeah, that's my uncle. Unless you missed that very beginning statement, like, you're going to think, this is just a crazy homeless man coming at you. Also, even when they refer to him later on after we all know he's his uncle, 
he doesn't call him his uncle after that. He just no. calls him Mr. Pendergast. I'm like, I, I get it. You are strange. You don't really know him, but you could still be like Uncle Pendergast or something. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's weird, but it's his uncle. and The family ties, they're always kind of like muddying them, I felt like. Because when we get to the other one that he's related to, I'll mention that as well. Other go? Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so during the opening night of the play, Norman has a vision of being pursued by the townsfolk of the past on a witch hunt, further driving a wedge between himself and his family from the embarrassment. This made me think so hard of Sixth Sense. Yes. The scene with the play. I'm like, why do we have two movies about a kid who can see ghosts and there's a play featured? I guess it's always a thing. <laughs> right? Did you think that too? Apparently. I, everybody needs a play in the movie. <laughs> and it's really funny because in The Sixth Sense, everyone has like those big cameras yeah. filming it. And this, everyone pulls out their phone. Yes. I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah, it might be it's a reference, honestly. It could be. That's a good point. Yeah. They could have referenced that. Because, I mean, the, the plot's different, but the whole concept, kids seeing ghosts helping yeah, them. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. It feels very similar. Yeah. I never thought that, but obviously when we're doing the podcast and we watch them so close together, I'm like, oh my god. It's connected. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same movie. <laughs> So his late uncle, Pendergast, appears to him the next day and makes him promise he will complete the ritual before sundown that day with a specific book. So relieved of his duty, Pendergast's spirit crosses over, and after some encouragement from his grandmother's ghost, Norman goes seeking out the book at Pendergast's home, having to pull it from his dead corpse. That's another thing that I'm like, that's not child-friendly. No, there's a lot of throwing of corpses. Yeah, it, like it lands on top of him at one point. And you're like necrophilia. Uh huh. Besides the incest implication, it's not. It's not implied. It's not implied. I'm not saying that. But his uncle's dead corpse is flopping around all over him. I'm like, oh, and when his tongue, his comes tongue flops out. His, out. I'm oh. like, oh no, 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 no. And I do want to say the uncle could have been way more clear. He's just like, bring this book and do the thing. Yeah. Where, why, when, what how, you, what book? What, what, <laughs> why this book, who is this for, right. what are the dangers, what do I need to look for? He's just like, read the book to the thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, tight, okay, cool. Yeah, not very specific at all. <sighs> then Norman goes to the graves of the townspeople that were cursed by the witch and is disappointed to find that the book is just a bunch of fairy tales. A school bully, Alvin, finds him and prevents Norman from reading from the book before sunset, thus enacting the witch's curse. This dude. Ruining everything. I already hated this character, right? Because he's just the town bully. Mm -hmm. He's the whole reason (laughs) everything gets screwed up. Yes. And I was so mad at him the whole movie. (laughs) I was like, kill him. Somebody kill this man. It is his fault that Norman didn't get to read it. But he was in the wrong place at the wrong time anyway. What do you mean? Norman wasn't at the right place to read it. That? So it wasn't going to, it was going to happen anyway. You're right. Alvin was bad, but. No, no, I'm blaming it on Alvin. I don't it's care. It's fine. School bullies don't need the benefit of the doubt. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Norman was right. He wasn't, but he's right. Yes. So he continues to read to no avail while the clouds go dark with an outline of the witch's face and the cursed dead rise as zombies. The zombies give chase, so Norman and Alvin run into town, joining his older sister Courtney, Neil, and Neil's older brother Mitch that were out looking for Norman. Suddenly realizing that the witch's grave wasn't amongst those of the townspeople, he calls a classmate, Salma, who suggests they check the archive files at the town hall for the location of the witch's unmarked grave. 
The kids' pursuit into town with the zombies chasing them does not go unnoticed by the town, and its citizens try to attack the zombies, forming a mob, leading to a riot right outside of Town Hall. Everyone just jumps up in, like... Zero to ten. Yeah. In, like, a blink of an eye. Yeah, like, pitchfork kind of <laughs> mob, yeah. Like... They were, like, ready to go. It was like, they knew this was going to happen one day. And they were pulling shovels out of their asshole. Like, they were ready to go. Yeah, they were waiting for it. (laughs) It was crazy. Like, zero to ten, like I said. And I love the part when they go to the town hall. Because it's always that trope of, like, when you need to find something, you go to the library. Yes. And there's those scenes of, like, discovering what happened. And even in this kid's movie, they default to that. I'm like, no. No. (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah, again, it's just predictable, the whole thing. The whole thing. But the town is like, get them! (laughs) It's so funny. Yes. They're like murdering people in the street. It's insane. Anyone that looks any what, like, they could be a ghost, they're just just poking them. (laughs) If me on a bad day, I'd be dead. They'd be like, go! Zombie! I'm just like, coffee. I just needed coffee. I'm thirsty and tired. (laughs) Meanwhile, Norman and the other kids search the archives but aren't able to find the information they need, and the others ultimately have given up. So Norman climbs the town hall's tower to read the book directly to the witch storm thing. (laughs) The witch storm thing. It's weird because it's like an outline of a witch's face in the clouds or something, so I didn't know what to call that. (laughs) I love the witch storm, the ecto-tornado. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, witch tornado. It's not really a tornado, but <laughs> no. the thought of a witch tornado. Ecto tunnel. <laughs> Ecto tunnel. Witch tunnel. Ecto. Okay, whatever. Anyways, it is very cool looking. I really like the visual of yes. that. It has like when it lightnings and stuff. It has like a greenish yellow hue to everything, mm-hmm. which is visually really cool. I, I like the look of that a lot. Yeah, it's a nice effect. It's just not very accurate to the person, but I guess it's just what. No. Her projecting what they they see her as. Right. I was going to say, maybe it's just like a personification of her anger. Like, it's that not too. her, but it's like a very generic witch face. Face, with yeah. With like the pointy chin and the, yeah. all that fun stuff. But it looks cool, I think. I agree. So he climbs to the top of this tower to read the book directly to the witch storm thing. But she destroys the book with lightning, throwing Norman back into the archive room. Knocked out, his dream reveals that the witch was a girl his age named Agatha, or Aggie, Pendergast, making Norman her descendant. <gasps> da, da, da. Oh my god, which is probably why I could see ghosts and stuff. Yeah, oh and it god. turns out she could also speak with the dead. Wow. Yeah. So Norman realizes then that the town mistook her gift for witchcraft. The zombies have surrounded him upon awakening, and he sees that they are the ones that convicted Aggie. The zombies and their leader, Judge Hopkins, are remorseful of what they did and only wanted to make sure Norman could complete the ritual to prevent any further damage from their mistake. They talk. Yeah. They start talking. Yeah. They should have been talking. Immediately. Yeah. No, they just, like, when they come out of the grave, they just stumble forward, and it looks like they're going to attack him, so I don't blame Norman for assuming so. Right. How often do zombies come back from the dead and want to have a chat? Like I don't know. Apparently, these town folks think it's going to happen any day now. So. <laughs> but unless it takes like a minute for them to talk again, like they're a little tired. They've just been sleeping for 300 years. Yeah, maybe. But I'm like, come on, really? Now you decide after the whole town is literally in flames? Right. We could have had this discussion in the woods if you could have figured it out. Like, you could have like solved this hours ago. Yes. 
no, now my home is burning. Thank right. You. They agree to help him find the witch's grave and attempt to sneak away, but are confronted by the mob, of course. Courtney, Alvin, Mitch, and Neil come to their defense, explaining that their fear makes them no better than the cursed townsfolk from long ago. This makes the citizens realize the error of their ways, but Aggie's powers are still wreaking havoc on the town. I get the sentiment, however, I don't care what you say about a zombie, it's dying. Like, <laughs> I, no. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're nice zombies. Yeah, no, they, they gotta They gotta go. go. Can't trust a zombie. Can you trust a zombie? No. What if they want to eat my brain? No. Exactly. I can't have that. They're going to go back to their animalistic ways. They're going to eat you. Yes. Gotta die. What if they have ulterior motive? What if they're disease-ridden? Oh, yeah. Yeah, one touch. One touch. This could be you. Yeah. No. Sorry. So Norman reunites with his family, his father finally believing in his gift, and they travel with Judge Hopkins into the forest to find the grave, but Aggie manages to separate Norman from the others. At her grave, he confronts Aggie, tells her he understands what she's been through, and convinces her that lashing out at the townspeople for what they did was only making her into the monster they believed she was. He encourages her to think of happier times, and Aggie remembers her caring mother, which, along with having Norman's understanding, brings her enough peace to cross over. Aggie's ghost and the zombies fade away as the town cleans up the aftermath. We then close out with Norman, his family, and late grandmother, all watching a horror movie together, finally accepting him for who he is. Yay! All done. All done. Gee, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I don't blame Aggie at all. No. I'm pissed. Too. I'm like, you killed me, and I was like 12. Yeah. yeah. I, sure, I'll be the monster you say I am, you asshole. Like, right. I don't even think like a little bit of a memory of my mom would be like enough to be like, I got some stuff to do here. Like, right. <laughs> like cool story. Anyways, back to these assholes. Who back to what me. I was doing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I get not taking it out on the whole town, but... The whole thing doesn't make sense. So, like, we never really talked about, like, what the book did. Like, reading the book. It was just a bedtime story, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just to put a little girl to sleep, is what they said. So, and then it keeps the zombies... At bay, because if she doesn't wake up, they don't wake up, I guess. So, why don't... I know there's a curse on the town, but Aggie wakes up, and then, therefore, the zombie things came up. She could just take revenge on the zombies and then call it a day? Yeah. Right? Why doesn't she why does she need to take it out on the town? Um, necessarily. She, she, I don't know. That's I don't that I don't agree with Aggie, but those other twelve people or however many they get what they deserve. But it was just Or maybe she wants them to go into the town so then there is an angry mob and they shun them and try to kill them the way the townspeople killed her. Well, what if she wakes up and the zombies just don't get out of their graves? They're just like, they just lay there. They're like, what's going on? We don't want to. <laughs> you can't make us. And then the, the, and then the townsfolk, they have nothing to do. And then Aggie's in the sky like, hello? Yeah. Guys. That's true. Let's go. Like, if I was one of those zombies, I'd just lay in my casket and be like, is it over yet? <laughs> is she gone? That is true. Like, they don't really have to... They don't have to go into town, like, technically. Yeah. Which, they could have just stayed in the woods, waited it out. Which leads me to... They have their own free will, it seems. So. Yeah. It does seem like she's purely taking out on the town. Yeah. Which is all these people who did nothing to you. <laughs> so, it's one of those weird curse things. Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't make much sense if you really think about it. It's a kid's movie. I know. But we're looking at it and analyzing it from mm. an adult perspective. Yes. <laughs> Bullshit! This movie's bullshit! <laughs> Aggie should have taken her revenge. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm with her. I'm like, get him. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, 
Like, once she's released. How long is she released for? Is it, like, a 24-hour period? Right. Is it forever? Yeah. <laughs> What's the radius of, like, how far does she go? Does she just go to the border of, of the, town? the town? And, like, there's, like, a barrier. She's like, oh, no. Yeah. I also wonder if, like, once the night is over, do we all just, like, all done? So many unanswered questions that I feel like we could have delved into instead of having this whole zombie side thing that yeah. doesn't really have any bearing except they just tell you what happened. Right. And they're not even a threat is the thing, too. So they're just side characters. No, and that's the thing. Like, over halfway through the movie, they're running from these zombies and they're not actually trying to trying kill them to do or anything. hurt them. Yeah. Uh, it's like... And everything was a dream. It's like, oh, well, that was all for nothing, literally. Right. That's why I'm thinking that she must have just wanted them to go into the town just to be shunned and killed as she was. Because the curse of having them rise from the dead, like, what is she going for otherwise than the shock factor? Like, yeah. oh, no, they're back! <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, <it's>, cool. <laughs> this is a very strange curse, and I don't quite understand how it works. Yeah. But apparently reading a story just makes it not happen so i guess okay i mean i get the idea but also i don't no <laughs> I, I don't know eh. anyway. who's to say <laughs> who's to say do you want to talk about ghost characteristics yeah the few that there are i was gonna say what little we have <laughs> so as i said during the plot they do appear as they did when they died so if they died peacefully you know in their sleep or something uneventful as we said like no physical abnormalities but if something terrible happened to you when you died like you fell out of a plane and got stuck in a tree that's that's yeah, where that you're was one of them. spending life yeah or if your dog and got hit by a car yeah you're flat ghosts appear to norman as they did when they were living but with a green glowing mist around them unfinished business isn't easily broken in this world norman's grandmother swore to always watch over him so she can't leave and his uncle couldn't cross over until someone promised to take up the ritual for him. Yeah. So, like, if he changed his mind, it's like, oh, well. Like, you have to fulfill this. I don't know. Like, that sucks. And then his grandma is going to be around till Norman dies, basically. Yeah. What if she, one day she's like, you know what? I'm done. I don't care anymore. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Then what's she going to do? Just uh, stick around Earth? I guess. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So... You know, it was like probably like a sweet sentiment that she said to her family as he was born or something. Like, you know, always watch out for him. And then they're like, yeah, but how about forever, though? Like, yeah, I bet she regretted that the second she died. She's like, son of a bitch. Now I'm here to take care of this little asshole. That'd be me. Yeah. But yeah. no, she seems to enjoy it. But at some point, like, girl, let's go. Yeah. Like, he's going to be fine. Yeah, maybe once he reaches adulthood or something, maybe she'll be able to pass over. But, eh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Kind of like Casper when Kerrigan, like, she had to, like, verbally say, I'm good. And then she was like, ooh. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if, like, you just say. You just have to acknowledge it. Yeah, like, no, you know what? I'm good. I'm actually good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need this anymore. Or it's like, this is bound to you forever. Right. I don't know. Maybe she could just be like, I think he's well adjusted. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Or what if one day she just starts passing on because the universe just decided for her. She's like, you're good. Maybe. The whole, the whole, it's such an interesting concept, the whole, like, unfinished business. Like, what yeah. constitutes unfinished business? Right. Sometimes it's a very loose term, it seems. Yeah. Like, what would your unfinished business be? <laughs> gotta feed the dogs every day. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I gotta go to work. Like, I don't know. Like, what yeah. would, what would be my ultimate one, one single thing? <laughs> 
Can you have multiple unfinished business? Like, checklist? Like, yeah. okay, I did this. Oh my, could you imagine? You die and then you just get handed this list. You should have to do all this stuff still. <laughs> I'm like, I quit. Yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I have to do all this crap. Uh, yeah. No, that would suck. Can I set up a curse instead? That sounds more fun. Uh, yeah. If I'm going to be stuck here, I might as well create some havoc, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to see the product of my aftermath rather than have to do a to-do list. I know. So if you had a curse, what would your curse be? Ooh. Like, what would you want to do? I'd make people fart all the time. <laughs> I would severely inconvenience people, like remove all of their left shoes from the house oh. or something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or, like, misplace your key. Oh, I know. You put your, your headphones in your pocket, it comes tangled every time. I don't know if people really That's have... That's a real curse. <laughs> it is. And I don't know if people really have wired headphones. I do. Do you still use wired headphones? No, not anymore. You use the wireless. Yeah. I, I got a new phone, side tangent, and I have to use. Oh, gotcha. Which is, which is fine. So, well, okay, you lose one of those then. Yeah, no. Just That's use- awful. I've almost lost one in the snow once. <gasps> yeah. It was white, I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, no. Of you gotta get the black one. Well, I have some that are blue now, so. Okay. Well, that's good. You won't lose in the snow. Yeah. What else can you lose that would be really annoying? Blanket on your bed or something. Oh, yeah. All Major, the possibilities. I was going to say minor inconveniences that add up to just the worst day. Yeah. God, that'd be sad. You're evil, Stephanie. <laughs> evil! Well, I'd only do it to people I didn't like. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. What? what if it's either like you have this curse and it just happens to anyone in the vicinity? Oh, uh, yeah. Then you can't hang around your family anymore because yeah. then they'll just be pissed off all It'll the time. It'll be like Aggie. Just be like, everyone sucks. <laughs> Fuck you. I guess. I don't know. I would like some specifications. <laughs> I know. So there's so many questions. Would you rather have a curse or unfinished business? Mm. One seems more fun, but you might hurt people you don't want to. The other one just sounds terrible. <laughs> I guess unfinished business because you can still do some ghosty stuff. Like, you can still be annoying with unfinished business. That's true. Like, I could still knock some stuff over every once in a while for funsies. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. If I have to stay. <laughs> yeah, if I'm f- stuck here anyways. God. Yeah. Gotta make it interesting. Right. <laughs> then you can change it up, too. Curse might get monotonous after a while. What if? <laughs> so many ideas. What if you could, like, evolve curses? Yeah. Like, do you think, like, once you set your curse, like, that's it, buddy. There's no takesy backsies. Because, like, 300 year curse, you think she'd, like, switch it up a little bit? Like, remix? No. <laughs> no. She's just like, this is the curse. Yeah. This is all that I wanted to. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But I would assume, though, that she's never been unleashed. So this is her first, like, this is her magnum opus kind of she's thing. She's like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. This is all I've wanted to do for 300 years. Yeah, is it one and done when she does it? Yeah, I don't know. What was the curse in the Haunted Mansion? Everyone was just stuck there? Yeah, so since the death of Elizabeth was covered up, and Mr. Gracie and everybody that worked for him were on the grounds or whatever, were forced to remain there until the truth was revealed. Okay, that was fucking boring. Yeah. That was a dumb one. Yeah. I'm going to go the Aggie route and burn the town. Right. Like, they weren't having any fun. They were just doing their normal day-to-day stuff just as ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. No, if you're going to make people suffer, you need to do it right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, no half-assing this shit. <laughs> Alex's how-to book on curses. I'm going to write that. That's going to be a thing. Yeah. I I'll just, I don't know, in the end, there was barely any ghosts. It was everything but ghosts. Right. Which is very confusing. It's called Paranorman. Yeah, it's not enough Paranorman. It's more of, like, 
witch hunter, witch Norman. hunting, zombie, walking, dead, curse. Mm, yeah. With I a kid know. named Norman. <laughs> I should have known. I've seen this movie, but again, forgettable. Totally yeah. forgot. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. No, well, the concept, like literally the intro is Norman sees ghosts and you're like, oh, it's a movie about ghosts. Not really. Absolutely not. It has no bearing on the story, <laughs> yeah, really. no. Like you could have done this without there being ghosts. Yeah. Because like, really, take away the ghosts, the plot doesn't change because the zombies still come up. Yeah. He still gets all the information from the zombies. Everyone sees the witch. That's true. Oh, but I think the zombies couldn't talk to anybody else, just Norman. I think you're right. Because they're dead. They could have just made that change. Like, they're, they're physical beings. Yeah. So, I don't know. Could have wrote something down. <laughs> yeah. I think had we thought about it further, we probably wouldn't include this movie, I don't think. Do you yeah. think you would have? No. It's like from the zombie season, right? Yeah, oopsie. <laughs> oopsie. <laughs> My bad. It's another personal shopper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Just, had any just not enough ghosts. They advertise these things. Yeah. They're like ghosts, and you're like, okay, no. No. I We've mean, been tricked. It's no Ghostbusters. Bamboozled. <laughs> Bamboozled. I'm filing a complaint. I need to speak to someone's manager. <laughs> How did you originally rank it then? I had it as a three. It went, I had Casper, Haunted Mansion, and Paranorman. I think I ranked it as a three as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you rank it now that you've rewatched it? Mm, I probably would put it as two. Really? Perhaps. I think I would put it as one. You think Casper's scarier than Paranorman? It has more jump scares, technically. Mm, I think Casper overall as a whole has a more lighthearted feel. That's true. Whereas I'm taking into consideration like the witch's appearance and... The dinginess, the whole vibe of the movie just is like a little bit more blech. Whereas Casper's like, it's fairly fun going. Like, besides the Crypt Creeper that I talked about before. Yeah. Everything else is fine. I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, All right. Maybe I could put it as a two as, maybe I could put it as a two as well. (laughs) Well, don't let me sway your opinion. Uh, You make a good point. I make a fair point. (laughs) No, because you're right. Casper is very lighthearted, aside from the Crypt Keeper image. But... I don't know. I wasn't scared of anything in Norman. That's no. what I was thinking of it. I wasn't really scared of Casper either. That's yeah. The thing. Well, I didn't like the Crypt Keeper thing when I was a kid. I remember that. That gives you the notch. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I keep Casper too. Okay. I think you should keep Casper too. Okay. Bye. Thank you for allowing me to have that. You're welcome. <laughs> you have to, I gatekeep what you decide. So. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate that. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next creep. You know what rhymes with creep? What? Sheep. You used this one, I think. No. You said sheep. No, I said cheap ones. Sheep ones? Cheap. I said cheap cheap ones. Now this is sheep. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) 